I don't really put much into the account transfer process. I think it's a little overblown, you know, much of the new information and you may have to go through an identity verification, especially now with the new inform act, but I think it's kind of become industry practice. And I think it's a little late in the game for Amazon to come in and start cracking down. You know, if there's ever a, tr a problem, it's not like full suspension. What will happen is it's usually like a fraud block. You'll still make sales. Do you want to grow your business bigger and faster? A free audit of your Amazon business can help you see and avoid threats and find missed golden opportunities. I generally charge $150 or more per hour, but this would be free. You can be a reseller or a brand owner. All I ask is that you're doing a few thousand dollars a month in sales already. Just visit myamazonaudit.com, scroll down, click on Amazon Audit, and book in a time. That's M-Y-A-M-A-Z-O-N-A-U-D-I-T.com. Look forward to speaking to you on your audit. Welcome back to the 10K Collective podcast, folks. This is the place to be for six, seven, and eight-figure Amazon business owners. Today, we're talking with Paul Ruffleson from Ecom.Law about preparing for exits um, and the legal barriers you've got to deal with there and some nuances that you need to be very careful of in the contracts you're signing with any buyers. I will also touch on some of the compliance issues that people are experiencing around verification, which we're all not loving right now. Um, so important stuff there for anyone who's currently experiencing that, but also a broader look at preparing to exit your business and how to make that as legally smooth and pain-free as possible. Enjoy the show. Let's talk about account transfer. This is a bit different from the risks around account suspension. A lot of people talk about that a lot and you know, it, that's a reality yeah. we've got to deal with. What about the actual transfer? So that's more specific to an exit. How does that work? Because obviously, in theory, as I understand it, the terms of service don't allow you to sell or technically transfer an account. So how does that actually work in practice? Yeah, and this is probably what makes me not the most loved lawyers among the buyers because we point that out. We make that, like in our reps and warranties, we kind of carve that out because there's a very important rep that you make that's called consent, right? And that is that any person who has to consent to this, this agreement and the transaction has, you know, you're, you're representing that you have that consent. And we're obviously like, well, don't have Amazon's consent to transfer this account. And it's a violation of Amazon's policy to do it without their consent. But so what we end up doing is what we try to do is we qualify that and say, well, we know we're never going to get Amazon's consent, but this has become this sort of account transfer has become an industry standard. So we're just going to do it anyway, but we're not going to pretend like we have Amazon's consent. So if Amazon comes in, you know, years later and says, Hey, you never had our consent to transfer that. We're not, my client's not taking responsibility for that. That's, I mean, to me, that's a very important term because yeah. that's it. If this is an industry practice that, but let's, let's get into a little bit. So account transfers, I mean, there's been a lot of effort by certain consultants to make it like really dramatic. Like I've heard of account transfers taking like two, three weeks. I've seen it. And I don't, and now I don't really understand why. Like they're like, we'll change the tax ID and then we'll wait a week. Then we'll change the bank account. And I'm like, on what planet does it make sense to have your bank account be tied to one tax ID, but your business being tied to another tax? I mean, it, it just, why would that ever make any sense? Like, why would you just take one, you know? And so, we quickly learned that that was a lot of that's BS and that the account transfers are actually pretty straightforward. Like we can actually do it. You know, I've seen them done in like 10 minutes. I mean, it's the same as you go in, you put your new information in and, and you're done. That's in the US. Now in Europe, it's a whole different story because of the VAT IDs. It's a mess. But there's another way too. And, and, and this is what I try to explain to people. I said, look, the account transfer process 
it's important because it's it, it's fast. It's a fast way to transfer the inventory, but it's not the only way. In fact, there's another way to transfer sort of the Amazon business to somebody else, but it's a much more complicated process. It takes longer, but it, it works. And that's sort of just to do a brand registry listing transfer where you say, okay, you basically you keep your account, you give me access to it to the extent I need it for various data polls, whatever. But what you basically do is you say, you keep your account and we're going to transfer brand registry to this brand new account I just created, right? So we just basically transfer your brand registry. And then at that point, you start sending inventory in under that new account. And then as the new inventory comes in, you pull back the inventory from the old account. So that's sort of a, a listing transfer approach. The negative of that, what we saw was because some aggregators, actually, this is how they did it. There were a small, small minority of aggregators that, that preferred this is the way to transfer. The, the, the downside was during 2021 again, and, and with the storage capacity issues, right, where, you know, new accounts weren't getting uh, the same storage capacity as the accounts that the brand was coming from, that it wasn't working, right? And that was the issue is that they still needed the old account because they needed the uh, IPI infantry performance. IPI, thank you. Yeah. But what we tell people is that, you know, like, look, in the event of a failed, like for some reason, if your Amazon account transfer failed, you're not out of luck. Like, it's not like you're totally out of business. Like, you're still, you're allowed to transfer. It's just, this is the way, you know, this is the way you have to do it, which is like a listing transfer. So, but I don't, I don't really put much into the account transfer process. I think it's a little overblown. I think, you know, you just, you go through it, you punch in, you know, punch in the new information and you may have to go through an identity verification, especially now with the new inform act, but and it is what it is. But it's not, I, I don't see like Amazon, when I don't see Amazon cracking down on these account transfers at this point, I think it's kind of become industry practice. And I think it's a little late in the game for Amazon to come in and start cracking down. And two, if there's ever a, tr a problem, usually it, what we don't see is not like a full suspension. What will happen is it's usually like a fraud block. So what will happen is you'll still make sales, the account will stay up, but you may just have to go through some additional verifications to get access again. But they'll still continue to make sales. Like they won't shut the sales engine down. They just want to verify. And there's believe, you know, there's believed to be some triggers. Like they say, like if you try to transfer the account the day before a payout, that's a bad, that's a bad idea, right? Because it looks like that's a hack. So you want to do it after a payout. Okay. Let me. Yeah, that does. So actually interesting. A lot of my seller friends in the UK. And they are having some verification issues. That seems to come up anyway for anyone who's just trading on Amazon. So Every, yeah, everyone's having an issue right yeah, now. It's, it's horrible. Long. And it's really stressful and horrible, but it's not an exit-specific thing. They're probably getting pressure for some regulation change, I guess, and they're passing it on, right? So Yeah, there was a new law passed recently that basically requires Amazon to, requires any marketplace to further verify who the sellers are and have like real data. It doesn't seem like it's working great, though. <laughs> no. Yeah, I kind of had already done that because they were the only one of the marketplaces that actually would show you who the seller is and like do the the LLC verification. But I guess there's still more to go. So there's yeah, we're still reading a lot about new identity verification issues all day long. So yeah, it's, it's a hot issue right now. Let's talk for a few minutes about other compliance issues because I know that a lot of people listening will be interested in that actually. So um, actually, it's a more positive thing. This is more the traditional, let's get an Amazon legal specialist on to talk about how bad it is right now for Amazon sellers, but we ought to mention that. What's the what's the way to deal with this stuff? I mean, obviously a lot of people are seeing problems. We also find the problem quickly, but it's broadly speaking verification. Uh, any thoughts on how to deal with this in the least painful way possible? I mean, 
you know, we have our way of dealing with it, which is, you know, we, you know, we we're, we're, we're very methodical. I mean, we, we build the whole program around this thing called seller basics where we do it like an insurance plan. So it's like a hundred dollars a month. And, you know, we help you with your Amazon woes. Right. And the way we do it is we work Amazon's process. And if for some reason we can't get it to work, we, you know, we have our ways of, you know, taking it to different levels, right? We can take it to places that people typically can't because we're, we're just, you know, we have legal, legal, legal avenues, right? Whether that's sort of through sort of like a, I would say quasi arbitration, but certainly, you know, we can reach out to Amazon's counsel and sort of say, look, we're on, you know, this is where we're at. But we have more friendly ways of more friendly access. So what I like to do with, with cases when I have them is just basically run it through a process, you know, do the appeals, maybe even send this sort of Jeff email to executive review. But if we don't get through that way, we have our ways of just sort of taking it to people who will give it a common sense look and are very high up. And I, I just, there is no great way to handle these things right now. I mean, it's, it, you've got to have two challenges. One is people, Amazon is on a massive compliance kick. The law has changed, right? The last time I spoke with you when tax was a hot topic, Amazon was just starting to pivot out of, we're just a marketplace to we're kind of also a store, right? And the reason Amazon sort of saying we're no longer a marketplace, we're more store has to do with antitrust issues. But as you know, from taxes, from personal injury cases, Amazon loves to say, well, it's not, it's not our store, it's our marketplace. And that we're not responsible for, for people when they get injured by the products because we're just like a flea market. And now that the courts have kind of looked at that argument and said, that's kind of bogus, you, you really are a store, Amazon. Amazon has, is, is now recognized that they are responsible for products. It's like if these products injure people, if these products are in violation of, of laws, like uh, California's Proposition 65 environmental law, which we see a lot these days, Amazon's responsible. And so because of that, Amazon is now kind of coming down on sellers big time with compliance issues. And so it's, it's like, I've never seen before. They are really coming down. And sadly I have clients, like I was telling before, I have clients coming to me for the first time. I meet them and say, oh, what do you sell? I sell this product. And they say, turns out it's a class two device FDA regulated. And you're like, shoot. Cause that's going to take at least one year to get FDA clearance. Right. It takes forever. Some, you know what I mean? And you have to tell that person, sadly, like there's no fast track for that. Right. The product you've been selling without FDA clearance, like shouldn't you shouldn't have been selling it? Like I'm sorry to say. And now, if you want to get FDA clearance, like it's going to take at best at least a year. There's like that's a that's a horrible thing to have to tell somebody, and it's heartbreaking. So compliance is, but that's that is compliance, right? I mean, it, it, it's Amazon didn't care, you know, for five years, ten years, it really didn't care that much. Now they care. I guess that you could argue also that. If Amazon didn't care, it feels like Amazon acts as sort of law court if you're selling on it. But once you're actually selling a, you know, so selling products, but once you're actually trying to sell a business, you are dealing with the law, law as in the United States law or law of, of whatever states you're dealing with. And it turns out that lawyers and, and courts do care about it in a separate way from Amazon, right? So I guess that Amazon is just passing on the pain that you might ultimately experience an exit. And I suppose they're passing on while you're operating now. Is that an accurate way of looking at it? Yeah, no, that's hundred percent true. Right. Exactly. Like those who don't go through the exit or who aren't, who hadn't been looking at exit or typically finding it out that way. And then a lot of times people find out on the exit too, that that's happening. But you know, 2021 was such a buffle that sometimes, and I think this is where you saw 
you know, Thrasio buying a lot of what I would call toxic assets is like, or, or, or and then not just Thrasio, but other counterparts as well. But like, was that they just weren't even looking at that stuff. They didn't care. They were just looking at the listing and how it performed on Amazon. And I think that that had a lot to do with some of the issues that they were facing. It's like, they just, I think they bought a lot of toxic crap. I think they bought what to them, weirdly, because they're deal makers, not Amazon operators, at least they were originally. They're now discovering how to be Amazon operators the painful way. But some of them, they didn't seem to look at it in any kind of sophisticated way. They looked at it with the level of sophistication that strikes me in some cases that an Amazon seller would have who doesn't have a legal background, doesn't have a big corporate background, but with more of an understanding of the numbers. But what I don't think they understood was the risk profile. And it all surprised me. I had so many conversations with aggregators over a couple of years with the podcast. I kept saying, so how do you deal with risk? Or is this a bubble? And I guess now that the answer is, yeah, it was a bubble. And yeah, I guess now we're all having to grow up a bit. I mean, it's kind of a little bit depressing, isn't it? But how can, let, let's put a, a nice, sort of, let's put a nice bill <laughs> at the end. I think that the thing I was saying before is, hopefully still valid, which is that you're creating property by protecting intellectual property, you're protecting it as well, which I think is really, really positive. The compliance issues are, are a bummer. What's the best way to, to deal with the verification issues? Is there a particular way? I would say like my biggest competitor in this world is not, there's not there's some lawyer out there who I'm like fighting to compete with. Like it's, it's like LegalZoom and it's Google, right? Just get real help. I mean, if you want to be a serious business, get serious help. Whether it's me or not, I don't care, but I mean, you need, get the help that you need, right? Get people, if you got to where you are doing it on your own, good for you, but now is not the time to continue down that road. Like you're not proving anything to anyone. And if anything, you're, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot, right? If your business is, is, is anywhere close to on track to something that you want to sell one day, like get the help you need, right? And really dig into what's going on in your business. What do you need to comply? Because a lot of these things that kind of come up at the last minute, you know, they are preventable again. A lot of the stuff, if you, if you, if you start working on it early, you can sort of alter the course of the ship, right? Or what you, you can steer away from, from the iceberg. Is that a good analogy? I, I think that was just about to say that's a great analogy because you can't move the iceberg. You can't move the rocks, uh, but you can, if you see it coming, steer away from it. And if you don't see it coming, that's when the nasty things happen. I mean, like the Titanic was not a tragedy because of iceberg or because of ships. It was because the two combined. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's okay to have icebergs as long as you avoid them. This is my yeah. homespun wisdom. So uh, if people want to get a hold of you, Paul, like, I particularly like this. Uh, is it called Seller Basics? That sounds like a really nice basics thing. Yeah. yeah, sellerbasics.com. It's it's like a hundred bucks a month and and you get two things. One, you get our our, our account health team will support you if, you're, if your listing or your account ever gets shut down. There's no charge. There's no like, you know, we just will do what we can to help you with Amazon. And then two, you get free consultations with lawyers like me and, and the whole team of lawyers that I put together who are there to talk to you and answer your questions. And it's a hundred bucks a month. And we built it on sort of an insurance math model. It's not an insurance company, but it's sort of built like insurance, right? And it's a great way for you to at least start getting, you know, even if it's not full on legal, at least you're asking the question. And that to me was important. People, I don't know if people in the program really care that much about the, the free access to lawyers thing, but my, my reason for including that was because I found when I was in this practice, I still find this today that most of my clients who are in the most trouble could have prevented the trouble had they just talked to me 15 minutes before they did the thing they did, right? Like if they known me before and just said, Hey, let me run it by him, we could have prevented. So I love that part of this program because it gives you 
there's no excuses. You're paying $100 a month and then now you have lawyers and you can just run it by. Like there's no excuse not to run it by. So Honestly, like I mean, I've got to say this sounds self-service because I got you as a guest on the, on the show. And by the way, I just, I, just to be clear, I have lots of affiliate deals with lots of our guests and I don't apologize for that, but I don't think it's possible to, to do that with lawyers in the US legally. So we don't have that because I don't think you it's can, legal. So, you know, we, we, we can, do, <laughs> we can if you want to, but I just think that's ridiculously good value. I've got to say it, as you say, it getting access to a lawyer before you don't do something you're considering is absolutely invaluable. Any professional entrepreneur should have two people on speed dial, which is their lawyer and an accountant, and particularly an accountant who understands the business model and a lawyer who understands the business model, because it's not about creating new wealth because of some special thing you've met on the internet. It's about protecting stuff and stopping yourself from doing dumb things, which is really underrated until you get that suspension email and then suddenly it's very yeah. valuable, right? As you say, exactly. being able to do it in advance is just, I think personally, that's incredibly valuable. So I'd absolutely recommend to everyone. To I can't but agree with you. It is not a law firm. So basics of the standalone, it is a, a legal plan. It is based on an old business model that MetLife, there's another company that does this called Legal Shield, but they're not going to have Amazon people. You know, like you said, at $100 a month, like we're pretty much, it is cheap. It is cheap. And, and for now it works, right? I think people who are members who, who've been in the program for years, love it and they respect it. And we say guardrails in place. So like you can't, you know, set up 30 phone calls and try to do an M&A deal for yeah. a month. There's, there's yeah. requirements like, like, you know, you can't, it can't be the same subject matter over and over and over again. Like at a certain point we, we say like, okay, well, we want to go from here. We have to, you know, we can do it at a discounted rate, but, but for the most part of our clients, like that 15 minute phone calls, like Geico from an American, I do that commercially in you know, 15 minutes and save you. Right. That 15 minute phone call can save you your business. And that's why I like it. Absolutely. That saves me two weeks of wondering and digging yeah. around. And Mr. Google is not the best accountant and not the best lawyer. So if people have a more pressing issue or they've got due diligence or they just generally wanted to get a business ready for sale in a legally proofed way, how would they reach out to you to, to do more in depth with Paul? If you want to email me directly, my email is really easy. It's paul at ecom.law. That's E C O M dot L A W. And yeah, you can reach out to us for more complicated stuff for, but we always do free consultations. It's one of these our firm does, like, it's hard to do free consultations when you serve an industry of so many people, but one of the rare areas where, where we understand it's such a big life decision. If you want to come and talk about exiting your business, set that up. That's a free consultation with our firm. So it's, you know, just to kind of sit down and go through where you're at in your business and what your exit plan is, or if you're talking to potential buyers, like. You know, reach out to us and, and let's have a call and chat about that. Even if you're thinking about hiring a broker, let's talk to us and chat about that because, you know, even your broker terms should be negotiated, right? Because sometimes the broker terms are a little bit, you know, yeah. a little bit overstepping, you know? Well, look, Paul, very interesting tour around your world and some scary things, but also some reassuring things. And I, I think above all, if you're willing, as you said, to have your eyes open, once you're willing to acknowledge that, then you've got to get help. And I think a good lawyer on your side is an immensely reassuring thing. So thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. Appreciate you letting me share it. Thank you great, so much. Great to have you on the show, Paul. Paul Ruffleson of sellerbasics.com and ecom.law. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Do you want to grow your Amazon business bigger or faster? A free audit of your Amazon business can help you see and avoid threats and find some golden missed opportunities. Generally, I charge my time, but this is free. You can be a reseller or a brand owner. All I ask is that you're doing at least a few thousand dollars a month in sales. If you are, 
just go to myamazonaudits.com, scroll down, click on Amazon Audit and book in a time and we'll see each other on a Zoom call. That's M-Y-A-M-A-Z or Z-O-N-A-U-D-I-T dot com. Thank you very much for listening and I hope to see you on a call soon. Thanks for listening to the 10K Collective podcast for six and seven figure Amazon sellers. I really hope you found the show helpful to you. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please do leave us a quick star rating. It will take you all of 30 seconds to do it, but it does mean we can be found by and help many more e-commerce business builders. I wish you fast and profitable scaling, and I hope you enjoy the process of building your seven-figure Amazon business. Thanks very much for listening.